Hello, Hello beautiful, beautiful people. people. Indeed, that is one of my biggest pleasure is always when I went to my own So farm. I think it is important to first understand what a healthy relationship with food is for us to know what it is not. Not try. I can relate. I can relate. Yeah. Selfish. <laughs> so no. you could be your own farmer pretty soon. Who knows? <laughs> trust trust me when i tell you there will always be challenges there will always be risks seems like we have a lot in common <laughs> welcome to the let's talk agriculture podcast show and of course it's your favorite girl hello beautiful people welcome to the let's talk agriculture podcast show where you listen firsthand the happenings innovations and experiences from top leaders in the industry. Today, we are exploring the gender gaps in agriculture and how we can empower female farmers in Nigeria. And I have just the perfect speaker for that. So with a clapping ovation, join me as I welcome our guest for today, Grace Fulsen, the country director at MIDA. Now, she's one of my favorite women at the forefront of gender equality and women empowerment in Nigeria. Hi, Grace. Thank you so much for joining the Let's Talk Agriculture podcast show. I'm really excited to have you here today. And I can't wait for us to Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. The pleasure is mine. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much once again for joining. So I really want to make sure that you've received your blessings for the year because, I mean, we can't go and start the year without our blessings, can we? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, so I would like to start with your personal experiences as a woman in the agricultural mm -hmm. sector. I mean, I'm sure you must have had some um, difficulties at some point in your life. I mean, you've been through some sort of um, challenge through this phase of your life. I mean, considering we are in a male-dominated industry, so maybe you can mm -hmm. share your how you dealt with it. I mean, how it was like, because I, I know, I know, I know you know what I'm talking about, but... <laughs> of course, Sharon, you should expect that. And as a woman in agriculture from the northern part of Nigeria, in fact, not Eastern Nigeria to be precise. Um, it's interesting but that my journey in this field, in the sector began, I went to school, I took on that course. And just about four of us uh, women taking the course amidst about 30 something men, you know. So um, it, it was, um, a challenging time for us because we've got we went to uh, learn how to drive tractors, how to do all of these things. And for women, they are thinking this is not something that you know it's a field that women should or it's not very popular, you know. But um, we were committed and um, we we weathered the storm, the challenges, and we were able to come through it's very interesting i love the soil for me um somebody that i'm very very passionate about farming i'm passionate about agriculture and um so i grew from a family a heritage of agri people so that resonates with me even while i was in school uh the challenges are there because basically for everything they prioritize men 
<laughs> so when it comes to um, giving uh, lands or inputs, whatever, even in the course of my work that I, I, I am currently on, you see that the women actually don't get the first you know, they, they are not prioritized. They don't get the first uh, place in terms of maybe giving out lands when you go to uh, the agri-development program to secure a, a piece of land for the uh, season. So you see, these are all um, bottlenecks that women in agriculture face, right, from when they, as farmers in the field or as uh, people who are working in the marketplace, Everywhere, men are prioritized, even though we want to talk about gender balance and all, but you will still find it, you know, uh, playing out in several places where we work. So that has been uh, a lingering challenge, and uh, I believe it's getting better, but we haven't conquered it all. Yeah. Thank you, Thank you for sharing that. I am very, very certain that that whole gender balance thing is something that we are still going to continue working on because whether we like it or not, they are still going to show, give that preference to men. But then it's just about having more women coming out and still playing their roles. And that's why I really admire you and appreciate you for coming out and taking up leadership roles, mm -hmm. you know, to inspire and educate more women because i mean when they see you doing this it becomes very easy for them to you know want to get involved and take up leadership mm -hmm. roles because i i think that is where um we can really see a balance because if we don't have mm -hmm. more women coming into the picture and taking up these leadership roles then how can we look out for that balance because we need mm -hmm. to be it need to be plenty for us mm -hmm. to want to take over something, right? So yeah, and um, sometimes let me jump in here. It's not that perhaps the women aren't there or aren't willing. Sometimes it's just that the men are prioritized, like I said, over the women. You find that it's and I don't know if it's in this part of our world, but I have seen severally where there's a woman there. There are men, they are give it piece of land, give it inputs, give it, they will always prioritize the men over the women. But if you are intentional, like what we do, we're, we're really intentional about focusing on women and uh, ensuring that the women have agency, they have a voice, they have their space. So um, until, you know, that is done, it's the, that, that, uh, discrimination however whether we want to see it or want to say it, admit it it's still there so i just wanted to add that sorry back to no. you Shara. <laughs> sure. thank you for adding that i mean we just have to you know have intentional women to you know really play part in this because if we are not there nobody's gonna do it for us <laughs> that's right so i know that in every industry just like you said um, there are challenges that we face. I mean, so many challenges. And I'm sure that the agricultural sector is not left out. When we talk about um, women in agriculture, there, there are so many challenges that they face. Talk about access to finance, talk about access to mm -hmm. lands. Like you mentioned, I mean, women still face this. I know that in some parts of Nigeria, at some point, or maybe it's still even happening, 
women do not have access to land. And the funny thing is that most of the women are the ones going to the farm. I know one a place, I think maybe I shouldn't call them in the States, but I know that some women some women um actually provide food more than the men. I mean, they go to the mm -hmm. farm, they farm, why the men do not do anything. So basically, mm -hmm. women are actually um using lands more than men in some mm -hmm. locations, but still yet they exactly. don't get prioritized. Now, exactly. I want to get some of the key challenges that women are facing in Nigerian agriculture from your own point of view, actually. Mm. Yeah, so like you rightly mentioned, from my perspective, and I will speak to it based on my experience in the field of agriculture that I've been working, um, access to information, because like in this part, women are not, they they are, they are not very mobile in terms of, you know, getting out to the marketplace. If I talk about the women in the rural space, because they found the majority of those that are active in on the farm, in processing of agricultural produce and all of that. So access to information, maybe perhaps there's a, there, there is a, a program ongoing. There is a new initiative it, you'll see men hijacking there's a the male dominance hijacking the whole thing because the woman is there back at home she's not even aware she's not aware that certain things are available or are happening and even when she does become aware it's already taken majority of it is taken by women by the men uh and of course they the issue of not being prioritized and not being intentional makes that because if we're intentional and focused, that will be, even though they say 60% of this, 70% of these are women, you still find that not up to 50, 40% of event, the people who eventually get those kinds of interventions are actually women. So I, I, I want to say that male hijack and lack of information um, is critical to um, the things that are actually affecting women based on where they are located at. Men tend to know more and men tend to go out more for it than the women. So information is key. And then access to finance. When the woman goes, and even where we work now, we see it happening, you know, the woman goes to get facility. They ask her to bring her husband. They ask her to bring somebody to sign. And so once they take away that agency, that control of their resources away from the woman from that onset. Because, of course, she's under a man, you know, and if she gets him to sign and he decides to use the resources otherwise, she basically has little or nothing to say on the contrary. So you see, all of most of these things add up to um, allowing the woman to be disadvantaged when it comes to having access and having agency and playing actively, you know, in the sector as she would want to do, talking about women, especially in the rural areas that engage in farming. But if you look at basically majority of, you talk about the rice value chain, if they're talking about parboiling, for example, you see that the women are the active players there. They are the ones that do all the, you know, hard work, go to the farm, do most of them. Most of the um, smallholder farmers you see that you find are women. 
and there are communities, locations where the women are the ones that are more active than the men when it comes to farm activities. Um, so yeah, I would want to talk about access, mobility, information, finance, and many more, you know, and the technical know-how. You see, these equipment, most of them are not gender sensitive. So even if women have access, they will need to depend on their male uh, counterparts to help them, you know, um, work, you know, to run the machines, be it tractors, be it, uh, you know, treasures, be it harvesters, be it all. So you find the um, male dominance still playing out in most of these things. Some of the technologies that could perhaps be gender gender friendly, you know, gender sensitive. Because in the work we do now, we try to work alongside local fabricators of technology to ensure that women's voices are heard in terms of what they can do differently to enhance women's ability and capacity to uh, engage and to work with those tools. So yeah, these are just a few of the things that I like to uh, bring up here. Okay, I think that's I think that's pretty interesting. <laughs> this is pretty interesting. I mean, these challenges that you've just mentioned, and I'm just wondering what can actually be done about it. Because if you're talking about um um the the woman going to agencies to get access to finance, and then she still has to bring a male counterpart or something to come mm -hmm. sign for mm -hmm. her. Yeah. Does does this have anything to do with our policies or it has something to do with the agencies themselves? I mean, because women, they are not, it's not like they are handicapped, right? So they can actually mm -hmm. go mm -hmm. for these things or it's not like mm -hmm. they are not brilliant or smart enough to handle mm -hmm. all of those things. So why do they have to come with their husbands to say, mm -hmm. hey, this mm -hmm. is, this is, this is how you're supposed to collect the loan. So does this have anything to exactly. do with um, setting up policies to, for there to actually be a balance? Hmm. Yeah, so I think the organizations, you know, microfinance bodies, agencies that kind of give out loans or facilities for agriculture to these women, that's how they've designed perhaps their products. You know, they have their checklists, they have their KYCs, they have their criteria for access to those um, uh, facilities. And um, in the work we do, we've tried to work with some of these uh, institutions to, to say, you need to be very, very intentional in designing products that are specific for women. You understand they are unique. They don't have all the time to come and stay in the bank, queue up a woman, She's resilient, she, she's multifaceted, she has so many things that is calling for her attention. So we need to be intentional in designing products that will allow the woman have access. And if you'll check it, women have the, the most um, credit, uh, credit worthiness. They, they, they repay their loans. They, they, you don't find them you know, uh, not paying back loans like their male counterparts. We've seen in the work we have done that women are more, you know, you, uh, you, you find them more, they come through, you know, in paying back loans than the, the male counterparts, yeah. So we have tried to see and um, work alongside the microfinance institutions, microfinance bank to ensure that they design products that are specifically for women 
just to help women access more funding and to help women, you know, meet criteria. They should take off. There are some criteria. Some of these institutions have actually taken off some criteria that are actually in stopping women from having access to this uh, finance. So when you see an institution's portfolio at risk, you see that women are not the problem most of the time. The, the larger part of it is from the men, I would say that. And one of the questions you ask is how can we ensure that more women, what can we do, government, institutions? So I think the need for institutions, whether it be government, NGOs, CBOs, is for, need that, for them to be very intentional. If we're intentional to get more women, we will direct the design of whatever intervention we have to be friendly to the woman farmer, to the woman processor, to the woman in agriculture. So we will have that at the back of our mind when designing products, when designing projects, when designing any initiative. Now, so if we are intentional, we take uh, cognizance of the different and the unique uh, features that products for women should have or implementation structures should have. And when we put all of that in place, we will definitely see that more women are targeted and more, more women are engaged. Like where I sit from where we work, we, we have 70% targeted at women at intervention and we have actually achieved that. It's, it wasn't easy. We have to step back a lot of times to look at what can we do differently to ensure that more women are involved. And I tell you, we have been able to use some gender action learning tools to uh, get more women on board. It wasn't easy at first because you would see some male resistance to some uh, of the initiative, but when we got them together to become gender champions themselves, so having male allies, you know, to support these women in the in that in whatever initiative we're we're working on really is very critical, you know. So we give men their place, we give them their respect, and we allow them, we let them see that women are not competing, but they are complementing them towards success. And most of the time they saw that and it really brought about the, the, the shift. You know, it was a game changer for us when they realized and we began to have male champions, you know, advocating for women and uh, being the voices out there. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's interesting to know that um, we have men now championing for women. And I think that at some point there, there has been this misconception about women not being able to run successful businesses or handle finances. Mm -hmm. So maybe that actually led to some of this microfinance bank to put up such policies or mm -hmm. um, for them to get access to loans and the rest. But if we have more men championing um, women to mm -hmm. see that women are not actually competing, I really hate the idea mm -hmm. of women want mm -hmm. to become, um, what's the word? They want to become kings. I mean, I like the idea of women being queens because I, mm -hmm. I feel that we play more, <laughs> we play a very crucial role as queens. Exactly. I mean, we complement the men. So if mm -hmm. you want to become a king, then I, I don't know. I think you're losing out. That, that's, my, that's my perspective. Exactly. So I feel that exactly. women should remain women. Women should remain mm -hmm. Gender mm -hmm. equality is not about um, um, competing with the women, with the mm -hmm. men. It's mm -hmm. about 
creating a balance. Let me compliment. Exactly. I mean, it's just like in marriage, right? <laughs> you're complimenting exactly. your husband. You're supporting exactly. your husband. And like, let me just add something. Like you were saying, just like in marriage, the 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 tool we use to get the women to get the men, you know, um, supporting and then championing for women, the gender actual learning tools actually helped a great deal. And then you see them bringing their resources together. They had common goals. They have said families that will never, they sat together to develop visions, one-year vision, two-year visions for themselves, their families, their businesses, you can't imagine. And they are so happy now with the results they are getting. And um, for the groups that we've set these women together in groups, because we see the power in working together and coming together rather than working individually for these women in this field. They've been over for the time, over 72 months, there about, the women generated more than 700 million, 509 groups of 25 women, you know, generated that amount of money. It blew my mind, it blew theirs too. But then that's the power of focus, support, you know, and uh, resilience in, in doing what they are doing. So in their savings group, with their businesses, they've been able to generate um, these resources over time, becoming their bankers, because they needed to challenge the norm. When it was, it was clear they weren't getting the finance they wanted, so they said, "What?" so we, together with the women, what, what can we do differently? And so we pulled them together in groups, and over time taught them, and they were able to mobilize these savings from their businesses, and then be, they became their own bankers. But then that money will not be sufficient for them to engage in when they want to expand, when they want to upgrade, when they want to buy big equipment, like for those in processing. And so they had to go to the microfinance banks or uh, other financial institutions to get those kinds of resources. So I think coming together and then complementing each other and using the right tools is actually very, it's a brainer to getting women, you know, achieve some milestones for their businesses, especially the women in agriculture at the grassroots level. And we have to spread more information about all of this. Just like you said, so many do not have access to the information and that mm -hmm. makes uh, lots of men to you know hijack some of these um, um fundings initiatives mm -hmm. that women should mm -hmm. be benefiting from so i think we should be able to push out more information about um some of these things and and also get women to you know be in groups mm -hmm. and make sure that they're able to complement each other because mm -hmm. if you if you're in a network, you should be able to have this information. So I think it's yeah. really advisable to encourage women to to join um communities so that they can have access to all of this information. So yeah. well, thank you for the work that you're doing. I really am very um should I say I'm very proud and <laughs> appreciative of what you've been doing. So because I feel like Whenever I hear you talk, it feels like I've experienced it myself. I mean, firsthand um, experience and to your and your dedication to the sector. So I also believe that there are some initiatives that you must have implemented, maybe as an individual or as an organization. So what I'm trying to say is maybe you can share some successful initiatives 
or programs mm -hmm. that you've implemented? I know you mentioned something mm -hmm. around this, but maybe mm -hmm. you can just um, expandate mm -hmm. on it. Some of the programs you've implemented mm -hmm. to support women in Nigerian agriculture, maybe through you or through your organization. Thank you very much, Sharon. So, yeah, through my organization, the MIDA, uh, we have currently supported over 18,000 women in um, providing them technical assistance in improving their uh, processing, you know, the quality of the food products they process in getting NAFDAC registration and then um, meeting the standard organizations of Nigeria regulatory standards for food, you know, for packaged foods. So we've gotten them, you know, we build their capacity just not to do their business as usual, but to up their game and to have their product in, in supermarkets, you know, packaged, you know, with all these uh, regulatory approvals to have them there. So these are some of the things we've done to let these women see that Business is beyond what they have known before and they can do mm -hmm. better. So in terms of technical assistance, I, you hear testimonies from these women like, oh, when I take my food, like my rice to the market, it gets sold off first before they start looking at others because the improved way of processing my rice has really made it to come out like the foreign rice, you know. And uh, we've supported women with technologies like distoners, you know, uh, color sorters and all of those to ensure that uh, they get good value for the uh, the effort they've put into what they do. Uh, so that's part of, my, of the work we do. We do capacity building, we do uh, technology upgrade, we do technical assistance, and uh, some I'd already mentioned, so I really don't want to go back there. So on an individual basis, I know that no matter what uh, development partners do, government, uh, there is still more to be done. There is still more, much more to be done. So as an individual, I, I have on my own, decided at a point to empower 50 women. It was a huge one for me, but uh, I saw the need for that. You know, women who are uh, very vulnerable and they cannot even afford to pay uh, maybe a match to own an equipment. So out of my own savings and all, I had to give 50 women uh, processing equipment for you know processing of products and that was really really um satisfying for me to see that they never imagined they could own it and then they woke up to it so beyond what we do in our in the workspace with government if there's anything we can do as individuals as women in agriculture as women in that space to help another woman and uh what one thing i tell them is if you get this please support another woman that you are in a position to support her and so let the cycle continue let this support go and then we'll find that we have a community of women supporting women to get to that um uh economic balance that we want to have to see women, you know, uh, attain. So women supporting women, I think that is something that is, 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 is dear to my heart. And I encourage them to continue and not break that cycle. Yeah.
Thank you so much. You see why I say that you're actually remarkable. <laughs> but anyway, let me not let me not start talking before people will come and start billing you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for sharing. And I mean, really commendable what you thank do you. from your um organization and also as an individual. Really, really amazing. I love to see. What you do, I love to hear you talk about how you support women. I mean, it just gives me joy. <laughs> so maybe eventually I'll just Thank have you. you on my women podcast so you could come share something more as well for more women to hear mm. and see how we can always support ourselves. Thank you so much for joining this podcast. I really hope to have you here you. another time. Thank you so much. So guys, we have come to the end of today's episode. I hope you learned something from this episode. I hope you, you really pick out something very meaningful from this episode because this is really packed. So don't miss any of our episodes because you're going to be getting beautiful, beautiful episodes from amazing top leaders in the industry. So what I'm going to say is if you like to get on the podcast, do well to reach out to us. Our email is podcast at letstalkagriculture.com. And if you like to advertise your business or your brand on the podcast, do well to reach out to us as well. Podcast at letstalkagriculture.com. We can't wait to hear from you. Thank you so much, guys. Do have a lovely time until we meet again. Cheers. I'm your host, Sharon Idahosa. Bye.